Gorgeous George and Goes, are you ready? Junkie Nation, are you ready? Well, let's get it on. From the fight capital of the world, Las Vegas, Nevada, this is MMA Junkie Radio. We roll it! What's going on, Junkie Nation? Gorgeous George and Goes reporting for duty here on a Sunday night for your Monday delivery. It's show 3248. What's up? Got a lot to talk about here. We uh, Surprisingly, not about any results from this past weekend. Although I may dabble in there and give some respect to Cage Warriors, who doubled up this past weekend with two shows and a few, a, a couple other promotions also had some shows going on. X MMA is one of them. John Dodson, shout out to him. Thought I saw another one out there as well. And so, uh, you know, we'll maybe give a little love to the main eventers there. But um, as you've seen with like Dana White Contender Series and the Strike Force Challenger Series, now the PFL Challenger Series, it's like all these promotions have their own version of college football. So it's it's stolen the limelight out of some of those shows. But no hate to them. They still produce lots of talent, and they still funnel that talent to the UFC one way or another. Um, I actually want to spend some time talking about WrestleMania as well, so we'll kind of go over those results. I want to zero in mostly on the ones that involve fighters, uh, MMA fighters who who wrestle, you know, or wrestlers who have come over and become MMA fighters at some point. So we got a, a couple here. I think I was able to catch 75% of WrestleMania. Goes might be closer to 100. So why not talk about that? And, of course, we'll give our previews. Start the previews. Start the fight week. Uh, you know, discussion for UFC 273, which takes place on Saturday. Don't forget about the watch-along. We'll remind you during the show. It's MMA Junkie Radio on a Sunday night, Monday morning, April 3rd, 4th. Goes only because it just ended. Want to start with WrestleMania? Sure. So now they do. Re- remember, folks, I-, I don't watch wrestling too often. So this might sound like a noob statement, but I didn't even know it was two nights. I thought it was a weekend, which included a Hall of Fame and parties and other stuff. But the WrestleMania card now is two nights. How long has that been in existence, Goes? I'm not 100% sure, but I want to say no more than five years, I think. Okay. Well, it's pretty cool. Yeah, I think what really drove it to that was, you know, the roster's so big now, and you have SmackDown, and and you have um, Raw, that I I think it kind of warrants it. Mm -hmm. So uh, I think that's what sort of drove it in that direction. I can't figure out if I like it or not. As a fan... If you tell me, hey, George, I got us great tickets to next year's WrestleMania. Uh, it'll cost us 500 or or 1000 or whatever the hell the cost is. I don't know. Is it per night or does at least the one ticket get you into both nights in the same seat? Do you know that part? I don't, but I would imagine they're separate uh, nights. Like, so you can go to one of the two of you want or both. Right. Um, oh, for sure, it's not the same ticket because 
some of the celebrities that were in the audience weren't in the same seats. Mm-hmm. I think you do have to buy two tickets, which kind of, I have the question now, if you say, like you and I, we can say, if somebody goes, you ever been to WrestleMania? We can go, yes, WrestleMania 9. We went to that. But right. somebody that went to night one, but not night two, say they went to WrestleMania? Like, does that still count? <laughs> uh, you, that's going to sting know. somebody. If somebody fell in that boat, I'm thinking of your Chili Billy McDonald's, your Matthew Wells's of, the, of, of, you know, of the world, I guess, the people that live in Texas that possibly may have gone to this. You missed you know, H Towns, Marcel. You know, I'm thinking of all the Texas people. I don't even know if they like MMA. I know Matthew Wells was at one of them, or at least yesterday's. I haven't seen this post for today, but yeah. Well, if you wanted to be a jerk, yeah, you could easily say that. Well, you went to a half WrestleMania. Yeah. Are you really being a jerk though? Because you did miss half of it. So if you go, oh, WrestleMania 52, iconic moment, right? When blah blah blah, and that person goes, oh, I wasn't there. I was was at the other one. Did you really go then? You know what I mean? Well, they went. They just went to half of one. Yeah. Because you can't say they didn't go. I saw Matt Wells there on Saturday. If if today he had uh, a bar mitzvah, a a funeral, a wedding, just something that prevented him from going today, I couldn't tell him you didn't go. He just couldn't tell me that he saw Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar. Therefore... I'd have an argument in terms of the the half WrestleMania. Did I go to the Super Bowl? If I left at halftime, I missed the big the big play at the end. You went, yeah. <sighs> you went, but but I see what you're saying. You, you could. This is where you have to be a little bit of a jerk. Is go. Oh well, then tell me about the main event: Lesnar versus Reigns. Mm-hmm. And then when they can't tell you about it, then you can go. Did you? You know, knowing full well they did, because everything's so so public now with social media. So now you're just kind of nitpicking, and then they'd have to kind of give you that look that goes, "All right, you kind of got me there," but you can't say they didn't go. I, I, I don't know. To, I, I don't know. It's a half of one. <laughs> good question. I, I really don't know how to how to answer that. Yeah. All right. Well, next year's is at SoFi Stadium. Did you know that? I didn't. Uh, April 1st and 2nd in LA at SoFi Stadium. So it sounds like it'll be a two night event again. Now, I think I'd like to do one before I check out of this world, uh whether it's in Vegas or Vegas or LA, I guess sounds the most likely. But, um, but I do love to travel. I just haven't done it much. And I re I'm not so much of a ticket snob for a WrestleMania. Because if I'm not in the first row, then I don't care about being in the second or third that much. I'd, I'd rather just save the money and just be in a decent seat, I guess, somewhere, just to say I was there. Yeah. I think this is uh, WrestleMania is a bigger deal than the people who don't watch pro wrestling, which I'm kind of one of them. I don't watch that often. But there are some people that go, ah, WrestleMania, come on. Dude, it's, it's a big an event. There's a reason why there's no UFC this weekend between March Madness and this. That's a good reason why there's no MMA. So it's an uh, event. There's no doubt. You can't take that away from them, man. It's an event for sure. And that's why you saw a lot of people there, a lot of athletes, celebrities. You it's it's fun. Like even if you don't like wrestling, like our dad doesn't like wrestling. 
he'll spend the first two hours telling you it's phony wrestling, right? But at some point, he's going to stand there and smile and have a beer and laugh at a few moments. And then a few moments, he'll go, whoa, you know, like, that was a nice bump. That was mm-hmm. a nice feat of athleticism, whatever. And then when he's when you're leaving the stadium and you go, did you have a good time? He's going to go, yeah, yeah. You know, you got you have to, man. Either that or you're just stubborn or you're a liar. Yeah, I agree. I saw some really, really impressive feats of athleticism. First, I want to give a shout out to Pat McAfee and Johnny Knoxville, who are two non-wrestlers. They're mm-hmm. more of like the celebs that kind of get cycled in every year. In the past, you've seen, you know, Tyson and Donald Trump and Floyd Mayweather. And I'm sure that list is endless, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I, these guys, man, they they went in there and and they had fun. For one, they had fun. But two, they performed, and they didn't. Uh, Logan Paul, I got to throw him in there as well. They performed, and they did not look like amateurs to me, man. They, they look like mm, athletes slash stuntmen with ath- with athletic um, skills. I think um, Logan Paul looked amazing. Yes, I think Johnny Knoxville took good bumps, but he didn't really do much offensively. Uh, and then, and then McAfee, yeah, he did some pretty amazing shit himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those guys were were very impressive. That cannot be easy to do in front of a eighty thousand, um, eighty thousand in attendance with all those bright lights, and you know, once you settle in, I'm sure some of those nerves do go away. And it's not like McAfee hasn't, you know, performed in in front of eighty thousand before, but. That's like a career that he made out out of, you know, as a, as a punter in the NFL. This is something that I'm not aware of that he practiced at too much, but um, it's all about those reps, you know, is what it basically boils down to. Now, Logan Paul was a, a wrestler in high school, a state champ, and, you know, he's learned how to box. He's obviously a YouTube sensation, 20, 20 million plus viewers there or subscribers there. So he's not shy about being in front of a camera. I think he knows how to do the acting. But it, I, I was just impressed, girls, with, like, the timing, you know, and not letting down your partner. Your partner can be your tag team partner or your opposition. You kind of have a deal to take care of each other out there while you're doing some of these maneuvers, uh, some of these bumps that, 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 that they like to take, um, these holds, these throws, these aerial maneuvers they're amazing but i think a lot of it has to do with you know timing and i i like i say i was impressed by them and then as far as the uh mma people that we've covered doing mma junkie radio we had ronda rousey Shayna baszler brock lesnar and bobby lashley i don't remember seeing matt riddle did you matt riddle was there too However, he uh, compete? Bobby Lashley started in pro wrestling, right? And then did MMA. So I don't know that he counts. But well, yeah, that's why I said at the beginning, if, if they, you know, same with Brock Lesnar. If you started in pro wrestling but came over to our sport and and competed for a while, you know, you built up a record like Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar, then that's that's kind of what I meant. Um, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't care about someone that just kind of came over and did one match and then that was it, but. Baszler and Ronda and Brock and Lashley, I think those four I can think of. Now, was did Riddle compete? Yeah. Oh, then I missed him. Okay. 
and Matt Riddle. I want to give him some love too. Um, what do you think going forward? Do you think MMA is going to supply WWE with more athletes? I think so. I think we're seeing some of that with AEW. You got some of those guys and gals from American Top Team that are going down there and they're having fun. And, you know, we've seen Quentin Rampage, Frank Trigg, uh, King Mo go down there and give it a shot. But they were still competing in MMA at a high level or reasonably high level. So. I think that's why they couldn't commit, you know, the whole time. Plus, it's also difficult when they tell you, hey, yeah, yeah, you're going to do this. Okay, cool. Uh, you do realize we're on the road 250 days of the year, you know, like hitting like MMA where you show up three times a year to fight and you do all your training at home or whatever. No, you're seriously on the road and there's a career waiting for you and they'll pay you pretty good in, in, in the top leagues, especially the WWE. But that thing will also suck the life out of you, too. So. You know, um, I think that's what stops a lot of athletes from doing that. Now, retired athletes that still have gas in the tank that are injury free, I could see them doing it. Or I could see also athletes committing to like a three to five year run and then maybe bowing out, which I feel like that's what Rhonda's doing. Rhonda did it for like three years, went and had a baby. Now she seems to be back. But do you really see her doing it for too long? I just think that after judo. MMA and wrestling, and she's won belts already in wrestling. Then I, I see her maybe like a you know maybe making it through next WrestleMania or something like that. But then you know she wants to be on her farm, man, with with her animals and her kid. I know one thing: if you're in MMA and you go to pro wrestling, then you're basically telling the world you're done trying to be a champion. Oh yeah. Taking those bumps, like what Ronda's taking now, no way. Like that, dude. Those were those were some pretty bad bumps that she took. A lot of the wrestlers took. You just can't take those for fun, you know. And then come back to MMA and, and think your body's gonna react the way it used to. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. And you gotta remember too, goes. For example, there's Colby Covington has talked about possibly going. We've heard that he's close to going, or that. He was close to going if things didn't go with, you know, go right with the Damian Maya fight and they cut him. Who knows? But, dude, Colby, I can't see ever walking around more than 185, 190 unless he gets on the program, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. You know, Ray Mysterio, obviously, we've seen someone who who's, has less height than Colby um, and less size than Colby be successful. But there's not many of those. So, again, would Colby want to do this 250 days of the year? I don't know. He's still at the top of MMA. Those are the real badasses of the world, the real ass kickers. And I think there's something to that, you know, when you hold that in your ego. Junior DeSantos, he already won a title. He got cut from the UFC. But I think he still has some athleticism. And I I think to him, that would be fun. He's got the personality. You know what I mean? I could see him doing a three to five year run somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. He seems pretty good at it so far. But I couldn't see him being successful at a WWE, but I could see him being successful where he's at. at a- yes. Somewhere where there's not as many shows, there's not as much of a demand. Mm-hmm. Um, I could see them doing that. I could see him doing that. I could, You know who else I could see? Kayla Harrison looks like she'd be outstanding at it, man. She would be. Yeah. She would be really good at it. Uh I'm After watching to- those ladies perform, I could just see she's got the body to build built to to um 
sustain you know 250 shows on the road plus now that i think about it goes it's not like ronda was on the road for 250 shows on the road i i think i think that's more like the old school what they say about these athletes i think they've gotten a little bit better about that i mean they're they're still going on the road but i bet you some of these select athletes that have a lot of celebrity to them they may not have to commit to as much now they may have to commit to half of of the year where they're on travel, but then they're, you know, given some time off, but then you're also ridden off the storylines. Um, it's just that they can survive it because they're so famous. Whereas like s- someone like um, who would be a mid, mid I'm, I'm going to go back to my days. All right. Someone like uh, who was the pimp, the Godfather, the Godfather was popular, but he never really made it, if I recall, to the upper echelon. So I couldn't see the uh, the Godfather going, hey, I'm going to go film a movie. Or I'm going to take a break for six. I think Vince McMahon will go, well, then we're done. That's it. You're barely surviving here. If this gimmick takes off, we'll back you. But, you know, you're you're kind of like the fifth fight, the fifth match from the top or whatever. And, and you know, so I, I wouldn't make that decision if I were you. Whereas, I George. Huh? However, he is a, a Hall of Famer, which, by the way, if you're a WWE Hall of Famer, you cannot be in a room where they go, anybody who's a WWE Hall of Famer stand up, and like 80% of the room stands up. Yeah, they're we all in the Hall of Famer. At some point, that's crazy. But yeah, yeah I think like what you're saying, you're right. Whereas like, you know, The Rock can say, I'm going to go film a movie, and they'll go, okay, well, can, we, can you get back 30 days before Summer Slam so we can kind of feature you in some raw or smackdown get you on SummerSlam, and then take a few more months off go make another movie and then come back before wrestlemania you know some of those guys and gals can do that i think ronda could do that i don't think baszler could do that um brock can obviously do that i don't think lashley could do that although i've seen lashley make it to champ status i just don't know if he's gotten over in terms of being a super superstar you know what i mean Paige van zandt's doing it now by the way for wrestling wwe no AEW. Well, I think she could do it. Oh, she's tough. She can take a beating, so she can definitely. What they ask of her, she's got the youth. She's so just I, not good at being tough, at uh, being like on the mic, like coming off as being a badass. I think she can do a lot of those moves. And she's gotten better on the mic, but yeah, she doesn't come off as intimidating. Mm-hmm too smiley you got to work on that um amanda would have a rough time of it because of her english but her athleticism is amazing it's just that i also see amanda like i think she'd rather make her five million a year in two fights than go on the road and do all this stuff yeah uh kayla i could see just i mean really really killing it um most you know i i would say that i guess riddle I guess we got to be fair to Colby. Riddle was a welterweight. So if he can do it, why can't Colby, you know? But yeah. I still feel like Colby thinks, nah, I'm going to make mine as an as an MMA champion. It's just that I got this beast Camaro ahead of him. I, I, I got to get past him or beat the guy that beats him. So until I'm kind of phased out and no longer a part of that, then, you know, that, that that'll be that. But. Uh, generally, I would I would think the the light heavyweights, the middleweights, the light heavyweights, the the heavyweights are probably the ones that 
I thought I thought Ben Rothwell looked like he could probably do it. Yeah. You know, he's got this look to him. Now he just got cut. He's no longer on the UFC roster. Kind of bummed about that. He was supposed to fight Alexander Gustafson. And I think he pulled out. And then I don't know what happened. But now he's not on the roster anymore. So I don't know if that, if him pulling out had anything to do with it or who knows. I've never known him to be a high maintenance athlete. Have you? No, not really. Um, I mean, it's a guy that's been with the company for a long, long time. I don't know what kind of salary he's pulling down, but uh, he's always, I always want to tune into a Ben Rothwell fight. So, yeah, that one was a little strange. I'm sure there's stuff behind the scenes going on. Yeah. Ronda lost to Charlotte Flair. Shayna Baszler was part of this fatal four-way. So it was four tag teams, and her tag team didn't win. Um. Brock Lesnar got pinned by Roman Reigns. Bobby Lashley, I know he he pinned somebody or so or something like that. Yeah, the big giant guy. And then, uh, like I say, Logan Paul, Paul McAfee, Pat McAfee, excuse me, and uh, Johnny Knoxville were there, and I enjoyed watching them. That was WrestleMania 38. 39 is at SoFi Stadium next year in Southern California. I'm curious. I'm going to ask Matt Wells, what does the ticket cost? What's the deal? Um probably be a pretty fun one to go to i guess i want to complete the four i want to i still have SummerSlam, which i should have done here in vegas and then uh survivor series and i could say i've been to all four survivor series still exists i think so yeah oh okay um as far as mma goes there's you know there's a little bit of news like for example there was one fight i was looking forward to uriah hall versus andre muniz Hall pulled out of that fight, so kind of bummed out about that. There's that type of news. I'll let you all go to MMA Junkie for that. What I want to get to is let's start talking about UFC 273, which takes place on Saturday, April 9th. Goes and I will be hosting a watch-along here on MMA Junkie, and it'll be at 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific. We're going to be with you for 10 fights because we have four prelims. They're called featured prelims that we're going to – watch with y'all at 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific. They're usually on ESPN. I don't know what the most current schedule tells us as far as where they're going to be. But um, the pay-per-view, which starts at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 Pacific, that one is six fights. The UFC has given us six fights for that. So that's why I can tell you we'll be with you for 10 of those on Saturday. Tell your friends, please share, retweet, post whatever it is that you can to let more people know because everyone that seems to hang out comes back and they always have a good time and it works very well, especially for those of you that decide not to order the pay-per-view because you're not going to get the results any faster than goes. And I we're watching it live versus you would have to go to Twitter or um, I guess keep hitting refresh on your favorite site and, and you're just not going to get it as fast as goes. And I telling you what's happening. So join us for UFC 273, the watch along and, of course, I already caught part of the countdown show goes Volkanovsky versus the Korean zombie. Boy, you know, I don't want to steal this from you because you kind of turned me on to it. But Volkanovsky is uh, so likable. You know, they talked about his loyalty to his gym. That's where he started, and that's where he'll always train with Coach Joe Lopez. And, uh, you know, there's a nice article on Junkie that talks about 
is he already the greatest featherweight ever? And it's hard not to believe that when he's beaten Jose Aldo and Max Holloway twice. And if there's any, if there's the people to consider would be Aldo, Holloway, McGregor, and, and, and uh, Volkanovsky. Mm-hmm. Volkanovsky's best argument is, well, I'm the champ. I have title defenses and I've beaten Holloway and Aldo. McGregor can say, well, I beat Aldo and Holloway as well. Aldo in a title fight, Holloway in a regular fight. Yeah. Volkanovski beat Aldo in a regular fight, not a title fight, but he beat Max in two title fights. Holloway can say, well, I beat Aldo twice in two title fights. So honestly, who I know who it's not. I think at this point it could be Jose Aldo, although he has seven title defenses, which is more than all of them combined. So Jose Aldo could be like, wait till you get to my age or wait till you get to your seven title defense and then see how you're how you're hanging in there and, and see if maybe those losses then don't affect you, you know, but we can't, we can't because how do we know if Volkanovski doesn't win, win the next 20? We, we, we don't know. All we can go is off the facts and figures, but um, start with that fight goes that one against the Korean zombie. That's the main event. Uh, Volkanovski's the uh, favorite at about minus six, seven, 700, 800, I mean, he's all over the place. That is a big favorite, man, against someone who doesn't suck in the Korean zombie who comes back at about plus 500, plus 525, plus 550. What the hell is going on here? Well, we're going to probably dive into this even deeper this week on spinning back click. But to answer your first question, I think one of the important things about that question is, are we talking about the greatest featherweight of all time or the greatest featherweight champion of all time i think those are two different things and you're right what jose aldo's done for so long carries weight um volkanovsky i think is very much on his way but i just don't feel like he's hit it yet Mm -hmm. so i'm probably gonna say no but I do think he will eventually get there. As far as the odds for him and Koreans, I'm be, I mean, I don't know. I, I go through this all the time. Like, this is pretty nuts. Like, I don't feel like if I'll put it to you this way: if they're that lopsided, should they even be fighting? Like, I don't know what odds makers are thinking when they're putting them that high. The Korean zombie's a good fighter, and I and but you know we said the same thing about Brian Ortega. And look what the hell Volkanovski did to him. However, there were moments there where Volkanovski could have maybe lost that fight. He admitted so, so why, on the countdown. Yeah, so that's why I don't think you should ever lay that much money on a fighter. I think those odds are off. And I think there's a lot of odds off on that card. Yeah. Volkanovski has two title defenses and Max Holloway has three. Jose Aldo has seven. McGregor has none. It, it's an interesting conversation. And I, I like the way you framed it. Best featherweight champion ever or best featherweight ever. Yeah. I have to think about that one. I just think that Zombie's got those heavy hands. He's so durable. He's tough on the feet. He's tough on the ground. I don't see that why he should be a minus 800 to anybody, honestly. Um... I would say maybe like minus 300 plus 250. That seems about there. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I, I feel like if they fought 10 times, Zombie would win three. 
the odds almost tell me like they see it as eight, two, nine, one. I mean, that's up there, man. Minus 800. Holy cow. Who knows? Um, should Zombie have gotten the shot? Probably not. I mean, it, I think Holloway had earned it. Believe it or not, I, I you know, th- that third fight is so hard to get, but he looked good against Calvin Cater. He looked better than the Holloway that lost to Volkanovsky, who many thought won the second fight. So, therefore, you know, it could have been him, but there was an injury. Then they went to Korean Zombie. Um, I, I, I know there was a few names that were kind of being dangled out there as far as, you know, who could possibly fight. Zombie's the most popular of them all, and I think that just happens to go a long way. That's who Volkanovsky wanted. And after Volkanovsky was willing to take uh, Holloway a third time, then... I think the UFC said, all right, champ, if that's who you want, that's who you want. Part of me had actually rooted for Henry Cejudo to get it back in the day because I was just impressed with him being able to defend both, to to, to succeed at both, defend both, mm-hmm. and he did it against someone who did EPO. Um, and he went out there and he was fighting. You know, he was going out there. He was finishing. He wasn't coasting or nothing like that. So I really, really wanted to see if C4 could pull it off and then, you know, you got your, you know, Cater lost to Holloway, Ortega's taking some losses. Zabit has, he's, he's yet to come back. Um, Ige took some losses. Yair doesn't fight too often. So, I, you know, I, I guess he was just in the right place at the right time, but he, he clearly wasn't the number one ranked contender that, 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 uh, korean zombie you know yeah. what i mean if i if i had to take a stab at it george i would say 350 minus 350 or my mm-hmm. or minus 300 anywhere in the 300 to 350 range is probably your correct line on that because korean zombies no joke and he has ways of hurting alexander volkanovsky it's not like he doesn't have anything for him mm. um that's the thing is when you're talking about Alexander Volkanovsky and you're talking about what he's done, you look obviously right away at Aldo and Holloway, right? He's got wins there. But then you go to like, if we're going to call those A fighters, which they should be because they're former champions, then you drop down to what maybe we can call B fighters. And I think Zombie and Ortega fit right pretty well right there. These are guys that can main event cards on their own. Right, fight nights, maybe a pay per view, depending on who they're matched up against. Um, and if he gets a win over the zombie, that's a good win. I just don't know that it sticks out the way A plus fighters stick out. So it's really interesting, man. Like, I, really I thought Josh Emmett it. had a case. He's seventeen and two overall. He he's won four in a row. And he had two finishes in Michael Johnson and Mersad Bektik. However, his last two wins were decisions over Burgos and Ige. And it's just not in that. Something needed to happen with that top three, you know, the Ortega, Holloway, Volkanovsky mix. Something in there just needed to happen. Um, or or maybe even Zabit and Cater. And it, it, it was happening like in that more like 5 to 12 range. Plus, again, the decisions, and he's just Josh Emmett. Like, 
Chan Sung Jung is the Korean zombie like that. Mm-hmm. And I'm not trying to make this big deal out of a nickname. Trust me. But I think nicknames do carry some weight, especially when, you know, when it comes with a cool T-shirt and a style of fighting, like all that just starts to snowball, man. Um, to him. Yeah. So and you want to know why he's the zombie. And the second people tell you why he's a zombie, how do you not fall in love with that guy? Exactly. So here we are. I mean, we're not going to change anything now. The fight's already this week. Uh, sorry, next Saturday. Don't forget about the watch along. UFC 273 on MMA Junkie, 8 Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. Um, but the odds were just ridiculous. Uh, the next fight, uh, the the co-main event, has the challenger goes at Peter Yan at minus 500, minus 475. Poor Aljamain Sterling can't get no respect, plus 340, plus 350, plus 380. Now, to be fair... Peter Yan was, he wasn't whooping him, but he was handling him. I think I like that word handling him. It wasn't your night, Aljo. You know it. I think he's even said so. You know, if it if it went to a decision, they sure as hell weren't going to call your name. There wasn't any doubt. Like Yan was winning rounds, and that was kind of the end of it. Um, but then the illegal foul, you know. So at the same time, that's not Sterling's only fight. You know, I've seen Sterling also crush people like Corey Sanhagen, for example. Mm-hmm. And he's got a lot of valuable experience. And now he's fought this guy one time. I thought he put on too quick of a pace, and that's why he was starting to fade. So I don't know. I, I think this one again should be closer. But the challenger, folks, minus up to 500 opponent plus 380. Crazy, huh? Yeah, that too is a little bit much. But I would say. I would say it deserves to be more than the previous fight, maybe 375 from there, just because we do feel like he was kind of handling him. And, was he dominating and- him? Let me, let me take that back. Maybe I need to take it back. Was he dominating? I think at times he was dominating him, but the whole overall fight, he wasn't dominating him. He was handling him pretty much at, at, at some point. He was pulling away. Mm-hmm. But at, at was there times where you ever saw where he was just dominant and the other guy had no answer? It was going that way. I think handling him was is a good word, uh, handling, because you just didn't feel like Peter Peter Young was in any kind of danger. Um, but at the same time, it's not like we were we were all looking at each other like, are you gonna throw the towel in? Like it wasn't like that. Mm. But it's just he he controlled Aljamain Sterling very well. Yeah. All right. Well, that's the co-main event for the Bantamweight title. And, of course, you all know the story. Peter Yawn. I think I don't blame Peter Yawn for kind of twisting it and making it sellable. He takes offense to Aljo posing with the belt. But I put myself in Aljo's position. Here's what I know. He won the title, but he had to go to the hospital. He was at the hospital for a few hours, and then he came to his house in Vegas. He's got a house in Vegas now, also in Long Island. And that's where his family and friends were. And there was a belt there waiting for him. And I think people were probably, look, wouldn't you be trying to lift your homie's spirits up a little bit? You wouldn't be saying what goes and I were saying, man, he was handling you, dominating your ass at some point. No, you would just go, hey, guy committed a foul. You're the champ. Don't feel terrible about it. You know, you try and lift the spirits up. And in doing so, I bet you the belt pops up. Be proud of it. You followed the rules. He didn't. And then all of a sudden the pictures come out. I, I didn't see it. Aljo is like, 
you know, acting acting like disrespectful, classless, or a fool. What doesn't hasn't Aljamain Sterling before in the past shown us that he can recreate himself? You know, yeah. if you would have looked at Aljamain Sterling four years ago, I think you would have looked at him as maybe the Godfather. You know, we were talking about earlier in, in WWE, like. People come, they like to see you, but I don't know that we're going to be talking about you in, in the title picture. But he got better, you know, and he shored up some deficiencies. So I don't see why he can't make a couple adjustments here against Peter Yon and really make this interesting. Now, right. Peter Yon, at the same time, is also getting better every fight. Yeah, he looks pretty good. Sure. And he seems like a like he has a high MMA intelligence. So you have to go off of what you saw before. And what you've seen from Peter Yon in the past. So I think that's why that line's like that. But it doesn't mean that he's going to completely run over Aljamain Sterling either. It could be very well be that this would be a more competitive fight. I'm late to the party on Peter Yon. I um, I just kept thinking that as he progressed through the Bantamate rankings and, and the opposition got tougher, somebody was going to check his ass. And it just didn't happen. And yes... Peter Yan got better. And, um, it's hard to argue that he's not the best band of weight in the world, but I think Aljo will make some adjustments, and I think this fight will be closer. Am I saying Aljo's going to win? As of right now, no. I haven't even turned in my staff picks. But um, you know I'm tempted by underdog odds, and as long as you have a path to victory, I will bet on you if you're an underdog, especially big ones like this. So we'll see. You know. Um, there's also the old gun to the head argument. Hey, gee, shut up. There's a gun to your head. Give us the winner. That's where I have to stop bullshitting. That's where I have to stop. Not bullshitting, but that's where I have to stop, like, looking at the stuff that could happen, might happen. I envision ha- No, I start looking more at the facts. And the facts are Peter Yan was dominating him at times, definitely handling him throughout the fight. So it would be hard with me having a, a pistol to my temple for me to go sterling i'd probably just go uh yan yeah i want to live so give me peter yan i want to live to see volkanovsky and and zombie oh by the way if you want to get that over with because i don't like having pistols to my temple just give me volkanovsky there too i get that i'm not unrealistic folks it's just there are ways i think for the other guys to win i think sterling has more of a shot than zombie does though I don't know. I, I I think I might go the other way, actually. Really? Yeah. Yeah, just because... I mean, honestly, like, point to a moment when Peter Yan's been in trouble. You know, like... Oh, I, thought, I thought... I liked Aljo. I thought Aljo was... when he, You know, he's very active in round one. I think that's where he basically blew his load. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, Aljo, just with his wrestling and control and his submissions, he's tough. But that said, Yan... No one can really get him and hold him to the ground. So I get what you're saying. Um, whereas once I saw Volkanovsky survive Ortega on the ground, I'm thinking, well, you, well Zombie ain't going to bring anything that Ortega didn't bring. That's for sure. We got that covered. And then on the feet, this is the fight where I really found an appreciation for what Volkanovsky's doing, not just the kicks, the punches. He's got a great chin. I just think he'll he'll outdo Zombie. And then those orangutan arms that he has, man, it's in, it's incredible to me how such a guy that's stocky and petite just seems to out. I, I, he has everyone covered in the uh, 
in the reach. Like he's got a, a, a unusually long reach. Uh, does Volkanovski? True. Yeah. Yeah. AJ McKee would be interesting though. Dude, AJ McKee. If if you could transport any fighter from any other organization in the UFC, he would be my choice. I that would be interesting. Be a lot of fun. And he's getting he's he's a young cat. So, you know, in a couple of years, you can maybe see him at 155. You don't know. He re-signed with Bellator, it appears, because he's fighting Pitbull here in a few weeks. But I thought for a while there that maybe he had a shot at getting over to the UFC. The UFC's really, really slow at free agent signings, from what I've noticed in the last few years. I'm not saying they're O for Gophers, but there's just been a few that didn't happen. And I think a lot of it has to do with those people probably come in with, you know, asking an unusual amount of money, trying to use their leverage. But, I, you know, Chandler should have been here about two years before he got here. Ben Askren should have been in the UFC about maybe five years or three years before he got there. Um, you know, a, a few other Fedor for sure should have been there, but at the time his management wasn't, I, I, I don't think they were like dealing in reality. I really think Dana White <laughs> flew to this Island <laughs> to try and strike a deal. And they must've said something so ridiculous, but for the most part, they, uh, I, I thought, I thought Kayla was, not that Kayla had a plethora of fighters waiting for her because there's a division that called featherweight with like three to five fighters in it, but that Amanda fight was pretty classic. And I don't know, maybe they make the Amanda fight if Amanda beats Juliana Pena, but she didn't, and that's that. But Kayla just, I don't know, goes, the more I see her, I just, I, if, I'm a, if I'm a promoter, I just want her there. Even if it's just to destroy the three featherweights that I have, I just want her there, dude, like, She's just has this appeal, the superstar appeal, you know, and, and, and mm -hmm. maybe it takes two years for her to blitz through these three. And in the meantime, we build more 45ers or maybe we just maybe she's just this buzzsaw that kills everyone, you know, at 45. I don't know. But I really thought the UFC would want to keep her. I could almost see her being um, an ambassador. I don't know. She just she's pretty amazing in that regard. Like she's just uh, very, very charming. Yeah, she's badass totally is she she kind of strikes it in all the columns and you know like i've said earlier on the show she's another fighter that is going to be improving but it's going to be interesting to see what happens when one of these big roadblocks gets in front of her whether that's amanda nunez or chris cyborg and, and you know what honestly like remember she trained with amanda nunez for a while so i would think if those sparring sessions or training sessions were that out of hand we probably would have heard by now like Oh my God! One of them gets completely dominated or something, and right. I, don't, I haven't really heard anything about that. So, um, and the other thing was too, she had that the PFL always retained the ability to match. So even if the UFC said ten million a fight, the PFL, if they had that money, they'd probably go, "Well, we're, we're matching," you know. So mm -hmm. uh, I know it was Bellator that finally made an offer that actually she signed, and then PFL came in and signed it or matched it. So that was that. Um, but I, you know, I want to give a little like, like a golf clap to Bellator. Hey, at least you guys tried. Yeah, yeah. At least know, the tried. UFC apparently didn't come in with that, but 
like I say, I, I still think the UFC missed the boat somewhere. I don't, I would have made her something, man. I would have made her a, a future matchmaker, an ambassador, a, a commentator. I don't know. She just, like I say, she's she's pretty appealing in in the regard to the way she can talk about a fight. I think I see other fighters like the Sahudos and the Habibs. They get around her, and I'm not and I'm not saying they're intimidated. They they just can't get off their stick on her because she has this ability to check them. But she's also got the um, the accolades, you know, two Olympic gold medals, a world championship, and now those PFL titles undefeated. Like, you know, she's done as much as you can do, basically. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she just kind of took everything by storm, and she's not done yet. So. We'll yeah. have to see, but I, if I had to guess, in a couple of years, we're still going to be talking about her. We're still going to be talking about her in high regard. Mm-hmm. I agree. The last fight uh, that we'll talk about here from UFC 273 is Burns versus Shemaev. And first of all, I want to give a shout out to our colleague, Danny Segura, who kind of been shadowing um, uh, Gilbert Burns out in Florida. And so he's got a nice piece that's up on MMA Junkie that it's focused on the intensity of one of Burns's training sessions. So check that out. You'll see it on MMA Junkie. Give Danny some love uh, on social media. He, I, I'll give you his Twitter Twitter handle. I just don't want to say one right now and, you know, and guess, but I, I guess it's Danny Segura, but I'm going to check to make sure. I know I'll be tweeting it, and mine's at MMA Junkie George. So if you don't mind retweeting me, mine. But I'll, as I'm talking, I'll see if I can pull it up. You got it? Yeah, he's at Danny Segura TV. There you go. Yeah, I knew there was something. Um, but okay, so that line goes. If if you thought the other ones weren't ridiculous enough, <laughs> this one has. It got taken off on some sites. Oh, did it? Yeah. Yeah, that's why I don't see it. Yeah. All right. Let me. I'm gonna pull up one of the sites that I have and see if uh, if I can find it. But. It was in that range of minus 800 or something like that, if I'm not mistaken. I, I saw it a while back, but mm-hmm. um, crazy stuff uh, for Hamzat Shemaev, who look has looked pretty flawless. I'm not going to argue that. But against Gilbert Burns, man, like it's not like it's not like Kamaru Usman buzzsawed through Gilbert Burns. He finished Gilbert Burns, but Gilbert Burns put one on Kamaru Usman. Are you mm-hmm. telling me Shemaev is 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 all is at that level of Usman? I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, we don't know about that battle with COVID. Like, are we getting the same guy back? You know, it did a number on his body. We'll have to see if the same guy comes back. There's just too many question marks there to have somebody that far ahead. He's not fighting a scrub. He's fighting Gilbert Burns, dude. That's a tough fight. Ah, that the number's not even close to me. So Shamayev is minus five sixty. Burns is plus three eighty five. So now Volkanovski's higher than Shamayev. Um. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't. Okay, so here's one thing I can tell you. You know, if you want to, when you want to argue a point, you look for ways to. You know. You want to. You want to like leave an impression on the audience so let's just say this was a rap battle or something like that and i was taking the side of um shemaev to be fair shemaev 
is undefeated not only as a welterweight goes but also as a middleweight so that's a big boy we're talking about he's been hanging out with darren tell he looks bigger than darren tell in some of those pictures darren tells a middleweight and gilbert burns at one point competed as a lightweight in fact it was dan hooker knocking him out that sent him to welterweight where he's kicked ass by the way so i'm not i'm in no way clowning gilbert burns but in a way, you could make the argument that an oversized lightweight, undersized welterweight is fighting a undersized or an oversized welterweight, maybe undersized middleweight. I don't know, um, but y- you know, you see what I'm saying? Like you're, you're going to see a size difference for sure when they when they face off this weekend and everything. But it's not because Bill Burns comes back with with you know stockiness. It's just their body frames. I think you're just seeing a guy that can't make 55 any anymore. So he's going to come in as a 170 guy, and he's like I say, he's done well for himself. But on the flip side, you're probably looking at a guy that's going to wind up at middleweight before it's all said and done. Yeah, I mean, when okay, if you're gambling on this fight, what are like some of the first things you do when you're going through a fighter's topology? What are you looking for? Okay, so uh, youth. So the first thing I I, I I attach myself to is the stats. You know, right. Um, youth is very, very important in this game. Um, reach, are you a southpaw? These are things I've picked up from Dan Tom, Alsop, Joey, uh, Odessa over the years. Um, the, the wrestlers, I tend to lean towards the wrestlers a lot as well. You know, the, the fighters that I know are going to come in mentally tough. They're not, they're not checking out at some point or looking for a way out. They're going to fight till the bitter end. Um, so yeah, th- those are some stuff there. There, you know, if southpaws are tough to to fight against, um, the it, and then you know, obviously a, a nice record tells me well you ain't losing. Um, but if you have ten losses and seven of them are to submission and you're facing a submission wizard, I do get a little bit scared. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I would say those are some of the ones that jump out at me. What about quality of opponents? Yeah. What about the way, like, how how many rounds have you gone before in fights? You know, you that's mean, another one. Are you in and out? Uh, or can you can you show me your durable over three rounds? If it's a five round fight, have you done a five round fight? What did you look like in round five? Certain little things like that. There's so many unanswered questions that it's just too hard for me to lay down that much money. Oh yeah, man. There's been a lot of fighters that have come out of the gate and they've been nine and oh, ten and oh, eleven and oh. That's the area that I believe Sean Hamza Shemaev is at. He's looked good, don't get me wrong. But yeah, like has he been tested? And if he gets past Burns, could he beat Edwards? If he beat Edwards, could he beat Wonder Boy? Like those are all different types of mm-hmm. skill sets, you know what I mean? Different types of bodies you're facing. Once you do all that, then there's the point where you just go, hey. I'd like to shake your hand, man, and tell you you're the real thing. They think they're the real thing when they're two and zero or three and zero. It's not like, you know, you have to have that type of confidence to be an MMA fighter. But mm-hmm. um, you know, the the ones that have watched this for a long time, covered the sport or whatever, we we've we've kind of seen this many a times. Like Paulo Costa, for example, is a good example. I thought Paulo Costa was just a tough sob. I would have never imagined he'd have this that meltdown that he had against Izzy. I mean, especially after the um, the Yol Romero fight, you know. I was like, wow, that's, this guy's almost as indestructible as Yol Romero. 
I, I think Izzy's going to have a tough time here. Izzy had one of the easier times in that fight, and it's because that guy either didn't handle the pressure or what. He blames the wine. I don't. Even, I can't even remember the stories he's told so far in regard to that. But I think he can come back. You know, we'll see. Now he already went through that through that fire. Can he come back? I, you know, we'll see. But now he's got to beat some fighters along the way and prove to us that it wasn't just the run itself. Yeah, I agree. Um, but we'll see. All right, folks. Listen, we're gonna get on out of here. I hope you guys enjoyed the weekend. Um, I thought WrestleMania was pretty cool. I haven't seen it. I don't believe in a couple years, but I enjoyed it. Then I even put on the Grammys for a little while. Wow, goes. I felt even more out of touch over there in the music genre than the pro wrestling genre. But I'll tell you what, I didn't hate it. There was a few performances where I thought, okay, that's a pretty cool tune. You know, I'll have to find out more about you. Have you heard about a singer named Her? No. H E R? It's H dot E dot R dot. It must obviously stand for something. But when they introduce her, they go, presenting her and so obviously it's a female who comes out and does her thing so i you know i'm sitting here rolling my eyes and folks don't even turn it into fucking she and her and label i'm not talking about that those are her initials and i just thought it was funny when they said uh now coming to the stage her you know like it it really it sounded like someone forgot what her name was so they said oh yeah her but this girl goes she let me get this straight she sang the way I, I can't remember her song, but she sang. Then it got dark, and these two guys started playing bass and guitar. And she snuck away and came back and started playing drums. And I go, Oh shit. Thought that was pretty cool. Then she left the drums to start singing again. And then Travis Barker sat down and did the drums. And then the the rest of the band kind of filled out. And then they gave her a guitar and she played guitar. I was like, shit, like, you got to be impressed with that. You know what I mean? For someone that, that can, that has a voice, especially nowadays in, in this day and age where it seems like, to me, people are more lazy. But it kind of reminds me of what, what you hear, used to hear about Prince. You know, Prince could play, what, like 25, 30 different instruments. Mm-hmm. So you could just tell she was, like, musically talented, gifted. Yeah. Uh, I was a little confused with um, BTS. It's like seven or eight of them fools. Like, you gotta tell me if one of them gets sick, the whole thing doesn't fall apart. You know, like they gotta shave that down, especially when they're comparing C notes. You know, and mansions. Like, they gotta be thinking, man, we could be driving a couple better cars if we got rid of those guy over here. That's a lot of people in a group, dude. Maybe, man. But when I started hearing <clears throat> what these tickets go for and how quick they sell out, it's hard to argue with anything they're doing. However, I did investigate what our pal told us. Mm-hmm. It was a little bit more. It was a little bit less than what was exaggerated. I think nineteen thousand was was talked about, right? Somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. Nah, you can get in for about three thousand, five thousand, or something like that. I think it must have been a certain VIP package or or whatever. But you you can you can get in there for less than that. Um. I meant to send this gentleman a text calling the found of misinformation, but Ooh, right. what's the point? Yeah. But yeah, it's easy. You just go on. A buddy of ours told us that at Allegiant stadium, these BTS guys sold out four days in minutes and seconds. 
and the cheapest you could get in was nineteen thousand. Didn't he say something like that? Yeah, yeah. I was no. You can get in for for sure. I thought I saw three thousand. Um, so he must have been thinking VIP package or something. But, <laughs> but anyway, he, either way, it was still impressive that the cheapest ticket was that much. Don't get me wrong, man. I'm not hating on that, and I'm not hating on the band. I've never really heard them, but I, I, um, I didn't know that that Olivia Rodrigo was from. She lives in Temecula, California, mm-hmm. and she was born in Marietta. She lives in Temecula, but she's cute, man. Good looking gal. I liked her. I even liked her. She seemed very mature when she accepted her speech. And then they had all the people in the in memoriams goes. Those always get me. It, it, it just when they do it, you're like, holy cow. You remember all this and you realize all that happened in a year. And where did the time fly by? You know, like, ah, man, I don't know. But so obviously the, the most freshest is Taylor Hawkins, right? From mm-hmm. Food Fighters. But if you recall, Charlie Watt, the drummer from Rolling Stones a few months ago, yeah. DMX. Um, what, what's that guy's name? Uh, G. B. Marquis. Wait, what's his name? Biz Marquis. Biz yeah. Him. Um, Vicente Fernandez. Like, these are all major acts. You know what I mean? I'm probably, I, I know I'm leaving a bunch out, um, but, but, I was like five right off the top of my head that that I was like, holy cow, like these are some, you know, some some pretty big names. Um, but yeah, man. So they they did that and uh Justin Bieber. I I can't get it out of my head that I just think he's kind of a clown. I mean, I know he's super successful with a ton of social media people and he's got a ton of money, but I've always thought like Ah, this is just kind of like a boy band product, I guess. Which I know he isn't, but I don't I don't see him as a musically talented guy, you know? And I hate to always put everyone up against oh. Prince or or like the, the, the older acts where they've just done it for so long. They they didn't come at a time where social media made them bigger than they actually were, you know what I mean? But today, him and some rap some some uh some brothers that well, they weren't really rappers, but um, they actually put on a, a pretty good song. I was like, "Oh man, that's pretty good." I, I think I got this guy labeled wrong. Maybe, maybe there is some talent there that I never, you know, maybe I was just too busy being a hater on. Do you remember on the Triple G show when I told you you should go through like ten movies to just kind of make yourself a little bit more up to date and hip? Yeah, I could do that for you with music too. Mm-hmm. And you'd, you'd be surprised. I was exactly like you. I thought Justin Bieber was just kind of like, come on, man. What's he got, like one or two, and people just like him? But I was pretty shocked, dude, when you go through, like, his catalog. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll recognize a lot of the songs. And a lot of them are, like, him with somebody else or something. And you just didn't right. know he was part of it. But, yeah, like, he'll pick up the guitar, and he'll just, he'll just play it acoustic or something, and I just remember he was a young kid, 10, 12, some shit. And all of a sudden his voice changed and people wondered, does is he, you know, does it all go by the wayside or what? Um, and then it seemed like he was just more of a social media person versus a, an artist, you know? Mm-hmm. And but I'm wrong, you know, it seems like he 
He's, you know, he's still around and he's still doing his thing. I think Britney Spears also got a little bit of, of that as well, because there was stuff saying that, you know, she's a lip singer, lip syncer. Um, she don't even write her own music, all this stuff that uh, it, it actually like, um, denigrates, I guess their, um, the talents that you believe that they have. And then you start to believe like, oh, well, this is, this isn't really somebody that, um, you know, should be taken seriously. It's just that for whatever reason, they pop and they sell so many albums that you can't help but lump them in there with some of the all-time greats. But really, musically, they don't match. They don't match their talents. You know what I mean? But now this young lady's the Britney Spears, she had this incredible run here in Vegas, and a lot of people have, you know, starting to really, really give her um, a ton of respect. She She just had catchy songs is basically what it boiled down to. For me, I guess, but yeah. you know, when you do it for so long, like I say, you got to tip your hat at some point. Lord. Yeah. All right. Let's get out of here. Um, good times as always. Thank you for your support. I'll be posting this one 3248. Proud of that. Next week will be 3250, landing us exactly on our 15 year anniversary. So thank you all for the kind words you always leave us as we get closer to uh april 11th that's our anniversary date and don't forget on saturday april 9th our ufc 273 watch along can't wait to do that watch that with you guys um i know i know one of these three burns sterling or the zombie one of them's gonna come through ain't no way man that these odds are are, are is gonna be good yeah or maybe at least all three fights will be closer than what these uh experts are saying Anyway, we're out of here. Enjoy your weekend. Whatever's left, go out there and be a champion.